Alex, great to meet you. Thanks for coming on board. Hey, Bill. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to speak with you. All right. So now for everybody out there listening uh, for this episode, we have Alex White Gomez. Alex worked as a wholesale manager in the marijuana industry. Do, do we call that the cannabis industry or is it marijuana? Either one, I guess, is okay. <laughs> Either one. The, then started uh, working with Gary V over at 1.37 p.m. as the NFT editor. And he now operates his own brand, CyberScrilla.com, which he describes as the OG NFT of Web3 <laughs> blog on a mission to build something meaningful and help others along the way. So really dig that. Lots of acronyms in there, but that's all good. <laughs> and I have to tell you, everybody, please go visit his website. Uh, I, I think we'll have a link uh, at the bottom of the episode like we normally do, but please definitely go check it out. It's going to address almost every question you possibly could have about NFTs on the on his blog. Uh, but a lot of that we're going to try to cover today. But head over there for sure. It, it, it's really amazing. Okay, Alex, so I want to start with the basics because myself and a lot of the other listeners on the team, well, we don't we don't know all that much. And a lot of the real basic stuff we just got, got to get grounded in. So um, if you had asked me what an F NFT was when we started this whole entire process, I probably would have said it's a piece of digital art or something like that. Um, but I know it's more than that. So my first very basic question is what is an NFT or how do you define an NFT? Yeah, so how I define an NFT, I mean, if we break it down, NFT is a non-fungible token. So non-fungible means that it's one of a kind. And then a token is basically just a representation of something, usually, usually something tangible. Um, but in the case of an NFT, it's, it's really just a digital identifier. So what does it identify? It can identify something like digital artwork or it can even identify something in the real world like a physical asset such as um, a car or just a product like shoes or some clothing um, and it lives on the blockchain which is a decentralized ledger um, that can be viewed by anyone all right so when you say it represents something either digital or physical can, can you give me an example like how how does it represent that like you, you mentioned a, a yeah. car, maybe use that as an example. Yeah. So because NFTs, they have what's called um, smart contract capabilities. So basically it's just a code um, that's a, that can be a contract. So in the contract, you could say this NFT represents this car. So if you own this NFT, then you own this car. It sounds, it's, it's really basic, but um you okay. Know, just what, whatever you put in the, the smart contract, that's what it represents. It's up to the creator to decide that. Okay. So um, let's stay with the car example. If, if I wanted to sell my car, I could create an NFT, which would actually transfer the registration and the, and the ownership of my vehicle to somebody else. And that NFT becomes the, like the title to my car. Is, is that kind of? Exactly. I, and we're not we're not quite there yet. That that's a perfect example. Um, I don't think the technology is quite there yet as far as like the legalities of it. But that's exactly how it works. Like in the case of digital artwork, mm -hmm. um, you know, you just have like this is the if you own this NFT, you own this JPEG image, basically. Okay, so it, it seems like um, 
a lot of the hype has been around those types of things, artwork, digital artwork, uh, the board, the board ape, I think is like a, a yep. big one. Can, can you just talk a little bit about like, why, why, why are people, first of all, why does it work to use an NFT? Cause I think of a, a JPEG and I go, I'll just make a copy of it. So why does it work? And then why art, why, why it seems it, there's probably a reason that art took off, but it, it seems a little like, wow, well, why art? So can, right. can you dive into that a little? Yeah. So the reasons that the NFTs work and I like a quote that Gary Vee uses, it's you can't, you won't understand NFTs with an internet mindset because the NFT, an NFT doesn't live on the internet. It lives on the blockchain. And because the blockchain um, is a digital ledger, you can, you can see what people are doing. You can see who owns what. Um, so that's why you can't just, you know, right click save an NFT because it's it's not represented on the on the blockchain if you were to do that. Yeah, you'd have the image, but you wouldn't have the utilities that come with it necessarily. And I think as far as the art goes, I think art was a, a simple way to introduce such a complicated topic mm -hmm. because you know art is very basic. So like you know you buy this NFT, you own the image. Yeah. So let me throw out uh, an example that I've heard people use and tell me, tell me if it, if it actually works. So if, um, if I buy an NFT that's attached to a, a digital piece of artwork, that piece, that NFT tells me and the world that I am the owner of that one thing, that very unique piece of art that has been created. It's similar to somebody owns the Mona Lisa and there's only one Mona Lisa. But there's about 400 million copies of the Mona Lisa out there. And the fact that there's so many copies of the Mona Lisa doesn't change the fact that the one is owned by somebody and that one is worth a lot. So is, is, that, a, is that a fair um, example or analogy of how NFTs work? Yeah, I'd say so. Definitely. Basically, there's a, an address that every NFT has. Um, which lives on the blockchain. So you'll always know what that original piece of artwork is. So if, you know, if a, an artist were to create something and then they transferred it to me and then I transferred it to you, you could go on the blockchain, look at that NFT and see that the original artist was a creator and then whose hands it's gone between since then. Um, Got it. You know, Got it. So super it, transparent. Yeah, that's cool. But, do people actually do that? I, I've heard I've heard the blockchain for like crypto and bitcoins. You, you know that uh, you can track it, and there's no way to fake it because it's on the blockchain. But do people actually go and look at the blockchain? And how do you do that? Yeah, I think a lot of people do utilize the blockchain to to do research. There is, I mean, obviously there's a lot of different blockchains, but the most popular NFT blockchain is Ethereum, mm -hmm. and the way that you can go and look and browse on Ethereum is called etherscan.io, which is basically just like the search engine of the Ethereum blockchain. Got it. And from there, you could go and type in um, like a holder's address because everyone who owns an NFT owns a wallet and that wallet has an address. So you can literally take that address, put it in an etherscan and you can see all the contents of the wallet using etherscan. You can see how much crypto they have and the NFTs that they have in there as well. <laughs> All right. So now I got to ask the next question. Uh, what if I don't want people to know that I own, you know, crypto and the board ape and whatever else? Is there a way to, 
are there privacy settings that allow me to say, hey, my, my wallet is going to be not visible to the world? Or because I've decided to join an NFT that lives on the blockchain, I have no choice? Yeah, as far as the Ethereum blockchain, it's completely transparent. There's no settings to hmm. to hide anything necessarily. Um, yep. There are other blockchains that, that you could utilize, like a secret blockchain. Um, but that's not too common in the NFT space. Got it. Okay. Okay. So let me let me shift gears a little bit, and uh, I, I just want to start looking at the question from from a, a broader set of fields that are actually leveraging NFTs. I mean, we've talked about art, but I, I know real estate is one thing. I've heard gaming. I've also heard people talk about like, hey, if my avatar can buy something, and I can dress. My, I'm doing air finger quotes. Dress my avatar. Yeah. Can, can you just talk about what are other what other industries are using NFTs and how are they using them? And eventually that's going to lead into a couple of questions that will we'll come back to our categories about branding, but also uh, consumer electronics, specifically speakers and headphones. But do you mind just talking a little bit about who else is doing this and how, how do they use NFTs? Yeah. Um, so I know, I mean, one of the projects that I, follow closely is V friends, which is Gary Vaynerchuk's NFT project, um, which that project is, was created in the NFT space. It's a project based around intellectual property. Um, and so what he does is he created 200 characters and they're, they're kind of like, imagine them like a Pokemon characters. Okay. And he says he's going to build up the, the IP of every character. And as a way for the community to get involved and to invest in the NFT project, he offered these characters as NFTs. Um, but they're not just NFTs. Like you get the you get the original artwork that he created, but he's also added utilities to these NFTs. And an example of that utility is um, a conference that he puts on for every year for three years, and it's just a big Web three conference. And the only way that you can go to that conference is if you own one of these NFTs. Hmm. And I think the reason to do that and for a lot of the projects that have NFTs with utility is to really build a small community um, around their brand and their NFT project. And that's what you see a lot of brands doing. Um, I think the ultimate goal is just to get more people involved um, and, you know, give them some, some value in it as well. Got it. So, if you're stick with the Gary V example, the the um, added value, I think you called it utility, the added value Correct. that people are getting is now not only have you bought into this NFT that gives you this digital thing and access to the is, is it like a is it like an avatar that they're getting access to or the the, the, the characters that they he created? So in the case of V friends, which is Gary V's NFT project, the characters, are not avatars. These are characters that he is going to build up over the next 30, 40 years to, to create the VFriends brand. Um, so basically you're just investing in, if a character becomes popular, say like a Charizard in Pokemon is really popular or Pikachu. Okay. If one of his characters becomes popular, then essentially it's more valuable than others say. Got it. Um, Got it. And then as far as utility, so with V friends, I'll use as an example is um, the utility, like for VCon, which was a conference. Um, if you own the V friends character, it was a way to add initial value to 
to people who wanted to purchase a vFriends. Yep. Because when you own an NFT, you can continue to add any kind of utility or value that you want, even 40 years down the line. And I think that's the, the beauty of NFTs is the creator has the, the ability to add anything they want to it. If they bought a private island and only NFT holders were able to go to that island, they could do that if they wanted to. Um, but there's a lot of ways to add utility. It just kind of depends on what your your brand is about. So maybe if you're like a music teacher, for example, and you wanted to you know, teach people music, you can offer music lessons in the form of an NFT. Um, I, that's just one basic example. Okay. So are, are there other, are, are there other brands or other companies that are, are using this idea of utility or added value um, that you see? Uh, I don't know. Is, is Nike doing anything in this space or are other um, semi big names or actually, you know, even if it's a small name company, but it, are other people doing it or is it, I mean, Gary V is kind of known for cutting edge and forward thinking. Right. So I, you, you hear his name and I go, okay, 10 years we'll catch up, but, who's who's doing stuff today are, are there other brands that we should be looking at to get a sense of hey here's how you could use nfts especially this idea of added value that's really interesting to me yeah i think i think a lot of the big name brands such as nike are are kind of dabbling in the nft space um so what i see brands like nike doing is they're collaborating with other brands in the space such as board ape yacht club and as far as I've seen, they're creating virtual um, clothing and shoes, hmm. which you can um, you can wear in the metaverse if you have an avatar character. Okay. Um, but I think on top of that, that's just one example. I'm sure they're going to have you know physical collaborations as well because I kind of see it as where the product exists in both worlds. So you could have a shoe in the real world that your avatar could wear in the metaverse as well. Because since people value, um, there's a lot of value in digital things now, like a blue check mark on Twitter, sure. or even like skins in a game. So if you were to wear, you know, a one-on-one pair of Nikes in the metaverse, that's kind of like a way that you can flex on the internet. Got it. So very interesting, this idea of the virtual, I'll call it the virtual world, Um avatars or just being in the metaverse space and connecting it to the physical how how much of that is actually happening or is that more of a people are mostly doing things virtually today and as we evolve we need to be thinking more about how do you connect the real world so if i buy a house in decentraland should that should there be a house in Mayapak, New York, where I live, that is like the exact copy of it that go together? Is, is that is that where we should be pushing for? You know, it's hard to say because I think the metaverse is at least maybe 10, 15 years out. I mm -hmm. think we're still trying to figure that out. Um, I just think, you know, a lot of us spend our day online already looking at our phones. And I think as we move into a more immersive world, the metaverse or the virtual world, I yep. think we need to think about how we can bring our community in there and foster a relationship in there. Um, so I think bringing your brand and your business into a virtual world will be the right way to push. I yep. just don't know if we're quite there yet because there's not enough people that are spending their, their day in the virtual world yet. Okay. Okay. Very fair. 
let me let me get uh i'm gonna try to get technical <laughs> on nfts which is scary because uh, i'm probably gonna say something you're like what are you talking about but one of the things that com comes up from time to time i hear people oh we have to mint an nft it takes energy and time to mint an nft what do, what does that mean to put it in simple terms minting an nft is really just publishing an nft to the blockchain so you're you're submitting an NFT to the blockchain. So you could replace the word mint with create or publish. And okay. that will make it available for for people to purchase. Okay. So I so I mint my NFT, now it's available in the blockchain somewhere. So I think you said Ethereum is a big one. So if I'm yes. on the Ethereum uh, blockchain, I can go see, hey, Bill just put out this, the, Bill just minted an NFT where, uh, He's selling his house or, or, or whatever it might be. Okay. So why do I always hear things like it takes a lot of energy and it takes a lot of time to mint things? When I think about the internet, I go, oh, I want to put something on the internet. Click. And then, then it's there. Normally I say, uh-oh, shouldn't have done that. But why why so much time? Why so much energy? What 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 is it about NFTs that require both time and and energy? Well, I think it's a combination of a couple of things similar to how, you know, the internet was in the late nineties or early 2000, it wasn't optimized yet. You had like the modem that you had to dial up and it took a mm -hmm. few minutes to connect. And I think that's right where we're at in, in the NFT and blockchain space. Okay. But the reason with Ethereum NFTs, particularly that's where a lot of the people complain about energy and high transaction fees is because the blockchain uses what's called a proof of work mechanism, which is basically how they secure the blockchain. And okay. to to do this, they they use special computers that solve very complicated um, algorithmic math equations, basically. And it requires a lot of energy um, from these computers um, to run those algorithms. Is, I, I, exactly. I got it. I got it. I was okay. going to say, the good news is, is that Ethereum is currently in the midst of an upgrade, and they're upgrading to a different mechanism that will make the blockchain 99.9% .9 more efficient, um, which will be a lot better for the environment. And sure. eventually, the goal is to to scale it so that, you know, it's an, an affordable blockchain to use, because right now, you know, you could pay anywhere from you know, as, as low as $5 up to $500 just to transact on the Ethereum blockchain, depending how busy it is. Oh, wow. Wow. I didn't realize that the fees were that high. So let me ask you another question. Um, again, trying to be technical and act like I know what I'm talking about. Wallets. And you've mentioned blockchain a couple of times. Can you, can you just talk real quick? What What is a wallet and super high level, the, the blockchain? We've like, what's the, how does it work? Yeah, so so the blockchain um, is a digitally distributed decentralized public ledger. So I could kind of break that down a little bit. Um, digitally distributed, we obviously know what that means. It's basically just delivery of content. Um, in this case, transactions that are handled through the blockchain. Mm -hmm. um, and then decentralized is, you know, instead of something like Google that's controlled by a single entity, um, the blockchain is is controlled by multiple entities, multiple computers all around the world. 
Um, and the good thing about decentralization is say, if the Google server went down, then basically we wouldn't be able to use Google. But if one computer goes down right. on the Ethereum blockchain, then it doesn't really affect it because there's thousands of other computers who also are helping maintain the blockchain. Got it. And then the public ledger is just a, a collection of accounts and transactions that can be viewed by the public. Um, your bank would be an example of a, a private ledger. I can't see your transactions. I can't see your account information. Whereas on a blockchain, I can see everything you're doing and everything that you own. Um, Got it. And then basically a wallet is kind of, um, it's just a way to interact with the blockchain. So in order to, to transact on the blockchain, to own NFTs, to own crypto, you have to have a place to store it. And the wallet provides you an address on the blockchain that is um, safeguarded by a seed phrase, which is usually 12 to 24 random words. And then along with like a password and maybe um, like a little code that you have to enter to secure your account. Got it. So is a wallet similar to like on my iPhone, I have the Apple wallet and it stores credit cards and other things in there. Is, is, my boarding pass for my, for my flight shows up in my Apple wallet. Is, is this, is the concept similar, but it's just basically the wallet is anything that I own or have access to on a blockchain. Yeah. I would say the wallet is very similar. Um, okay. A couple different things is, like with a wallet on the blockchain, if you lose your seed phrase or secret phrase, recovery phrase, it's all called. If you lose that, there's no way to recover it. So you would not only lose your wallet, but all the contents within. Whereas on your, your Apple wallet, you know, you could just hit recover password and you'd be fine. But that's not the case with the blockchain wallets. Okay. So I did go get a wallet and I, I know th about that phrase. I don't think I remember what my phrase was. So anything that I did on that blockchain is gone forever until I get um, a new wallet. So, so everything that you did will still be recorded on the blockchain. You just won't have the ability to, to access. Oh, it I see. Anymore. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. So let me shift gears a little bit and ask you um, a little bit more of helping us think through ideas. So, you know, we want to get in this space and, and honestly, almost every day, there's another idea that's being lobbed over to us, whether it's from agencies or cold calls or even the team. We, we, we talk about it all the time. And the first time that we started to have conversations around F NFTs, it was like, hey, maybe we could do some real cool custom headphones on the in the metaverse. And there's an NFT where that allows you to buy them. I don't know if that's a, a good idea or not, but one of the things that seems to start bubbling up more and more in conversations is this idea of community. And I've, so I've heard people use the word community, but I've also heard people talk about loyalty programs. So can, can you talk a little bit about how can NFTs help us build community and or maybe reinforce um, kind of a, a loyalty type of program? Yeah, definitely. I think the, the term community is definitely used a lot in the NFT space. And I don't know if there's like an exact definition. I think, you know, depending who's using the term, I think it's viewed a little differently. But I think the idea is like, instead of a brand having a million, you know, users that may or may not be really dedicated to the brand, I think the idea of community is having a smaller 
you know, maybe say 10,000 people who are super interested in what the brand's doing, you know, if it's JBL, they're all about headphones and they like music and they want to be involved in the community. And I think mm -hmm. NFTs provide the brand and the community a way to, to add, you know, different value than opposed to just like releasing a product. So maybe you, you drop an NFT or you release some headphones and they come with an NFT and maybe that NFT also gives you like, you know, a paid subscription to, to Spotify for a year or, hmm. or maybe like a custom, that's just an idea, but yeah, yeah, I think, I think just getting people involved and maybe even getting some feedback from the community. Like that's what I've seen a lot of brands do is, well, what do you, what does the community want to see from our brand? And I yeah. think NFTs just act as that, that platform that allows the brand to implement the things that the community wants to see. And that makes people feel, you know, really connected with the brand on a one-to-one -one basis. Yeah. So let me ask you about the, that idea, like Spotify, a free subscription to Spotify. So do, let's say we did that new headphones, get the NFT and you get Spotify for three months. If I wanted to add something else for those people six months down the road, do I have to do a new NFT or can I say, Hey, because you bought our first NFT, now we want to give you secret access to a Doja Cat concert, uh, making that up. But do, do, so do you, for each one of those value adds or utilities, do you have to do a separate NFT or can you build on existing NFTs? Yeah, it's a good question. You can always build on top of existing NFTs. You don't have to, mm -hmm. to build a whole new project. Um, there's a thing called a, a screenshot where, because obviously within, you know, six months after an NFT launch, the NFTs have probably changed hands. So there's probably different owners. Mm -hmm. So you'd be like, well, how do you, how do you give that access or utility to, to the new owners? You can do what's called a screenshot of the of the nft project which will basically just show you all the current wallet holders who own that nft so that if you know some new utility comes up you can provide that utility um, to the new holder or the original holders whoever holds it at the time so you can always even if it's 30 years down the line you can do something with that nft oh that's really cool and now now as you say that i start to better understand as people are talking about loyalty programs you know i, I classic loyalty programs, airlines, you fly with us a lot, we give you points, and then you can go do stuff with those points. It almost feels like if, if we can get people to, I'm doing air finger quotes again, buy into a JBL NFT, we can continue to give them more things that will hook them into our brand, just like an airline continues to give me trips and free drinks and whatever else. We would have the ability to give our community meaningful added value obviously it would have to be something that made sense but um is that does that feel right and is that how other companies are thinking about this idea of loyalty yeah i think that's i think you're spot on and i think to be honest the whole utility or loyalty thing is kind of just now being explored because mm -hmm. you know like it was started with art which art is basic, but now people are exploring, like, what can we actually do with the technology? What kind of value can we provide to people? Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of the NFT space is that's still being explored. So there's nothing that's set in stone. Like, well, this is how you do it. Everyone is still trying to figure it out. Um, and it's really the, the opportunities are endless with NFT. You can provide anything you want to your community through NFTs. Yeah. So just on that idea of starting out, what do you advise people who 
are not familiar, don't really get the space all that much, but we want to get into it. What's, what's baby step number one? What should we be doing? What should JBL do to start their journey into NFTs? Yeah, I think baby step number one would to to join a community, you know. Um, a good option is to get on Twitter, which is where a majority of the current NFT community lives. And you can just start doing things as simple as, you know, follow some some big name NFT brands like Board Ape Yacht Club, um, V Friends. And then there's like certain terms that people use in the NFT space. One of the most popular ones is is GM, which stands for good morning. Mm. And I've seen a lot of brands like when they first get into the NFT space, you know, they're on Twitter and they'll say GM, um, who's your favorite NFT artist right now? And, you know, they just kind of get the conversation rolling in the space. And that kind of lets people know because NFTs are still so foreign to a lot of people when, when they yeah. see a brand mention or use the terminology in the space, they're like, Oh, okay. Um, they're probably going to do something. Like, I think that's pretty general knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. And then what about, um, like collaborations with, with other, I, I don't know, other brands, other, um, celebrities, is, is that something that we should be thinking about? Is that something that other people are doing? Just this idea of collabs, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I think collaboration is, is really important. I don't think it's necessary right when you're starting out, but it'll it'll definitely help, especially if you can find someone who's already in the NFT space um, because you can provide value to their community and vice mm -hmm. versa. They'll, they'll mm -hmm. provide value to your community and it just helps you build your, your reputation in the space. So, you know, a lot of people want to collaborate with Board at Yacht, Yacht Club because they're obviously the number one brand in the NFT space. Like if JBL went and dropped some special Board Ape headphones, for example, then that whole Board Ape Yacht Club community would want those headphones. Yeah, I see. Um, yeah. It just kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah, that's cool. So um, as you look at the landscape today, what are some of the projects that you are either a part of or have heard that either you're like, wow, they, they really did that right. Or man, they, they dropped the ball. And if they dropped the ball, like what was it? That was the, uh, the misstep. Yeah, definitely. I've seen a lot of, I'll go with the drop the ball first. I've been a part yep. of some projects early on in 2021 that they seemed really great at first. They had a, a really good, what's called a roadmap, which is basically just, you know, some plans that they have for the future of the project. And I think where a lot of people drop the ball is promising something that they can't deliver. So a lot of people will promise like a mobile app or a game or some physical product, and they end up not being able to deliver. Um, and, you know, that upsets people because then you set this oh, expectation sure. that they're going to get something and they don't get it. Yeah. And that can really destroy your brand. Um, and I've seen it happen a lot. But I think the better option is to to under promise and over deliver, you know, maybe don't even have a roadmap, just just provide value. Um, instead of saying you're going to do something, just do it and then let people know that you did it. Don't say we're going to do this. This is what you can expect. I say yeah. just come out with something and then deliver on it. Yep. And that's those are the brands that um, maintain a good a good price and people find really valuable. And is it okay for if if we try something like like you said try try something put it out there let people know that you've just put it out there 
if it doesn't work, if it's not something that people are all that excited about, uh, I'm assuming that's okay, but is it is is the expectations of NFTs that everything's a home run, everything's a bored ape, or is it okay to play around and see what works and see what doesn't? Yeah, I think I don't think anyone expects everything to be a hundred percent or perfect. Obviously, I think people should explore and and do fun things, and I think people have reacted really well to that. Um, as long as you're you're being transparent about what you're doing. I think yeah. that's the biggest thing because in, in the NFT space, transparency is everything. So if you're communicating with your community, everything that's going on, they're going to respect you a hundred percent for that. And even if you mess up, you know, tell them that, Hey, we messed up. I mean, yeah, yeah. be like, thanks for telling us. One example is um, this NFT project that recently launched is a goblin town NFT. And they basically held a Twitter spaces where it was a really fun Twitter spaces. It was, it was kind of weird, but it was really fun. And the community reacted really well to it. They haven't even delivered on utility, but now the floor, the the entry price is six ETH, which is about, you know, what is that? Twelve, fourteen thousand dollars Oh boy. Just because they were, <laughs> yeah, because they were fun. So yeah. Okay. Opportunities are endless. Very cool. And with, endless opportunities. I'd like to say thank you very much, Alex, for, for joining us today. It was awesome talking to you. Shared a lot. Uh, my eyes have opened up quite a bit. I don't know if I absorbed everything, but I really do appreciate you coming on and spending some time with us today. Yeah. And, and thank you for having me on. And, and with that, I just want to say that staying curious is probably the most important thing. Stay curious, keep learning, no one has everything 100% figured out. So we just need more curious people in the space to keep asking questions. Love it. Love it. Okay, everyone. That was awesome. So for our first kind of jump into the pool on NFTs, I, I, I think we couldn't have done any better than that. So as always, if you have thoughts about the discussion, post them in the comments section. If you have any additional questions specifically for Alex, put them in the post. We will do everything that we can to get in front of him again and get those questions answered. And as always, thank you very much for listening. Welcome to the